Good day, Prober. Howdy, howdy. And welcome to But It Was Aliens, the extraterrestrial truth cast, where we hashtag probe extraterrestrial cases to bring you the truth. I'm your lead investigator today, Mr. Moonwalker. And of course, as always, I am joined by Mr. Greybeard. Hello. Not only do we have the probe you've all been waiting for, but it is also our one-year anniversary. I'm unsure as to whether to start singing and dancing or whether you're going to put a silly little soundtrack in there in the post. I was very tempted to buy party poppers and hide them <laughs> and then just set one off. But I didn't. <laughs> or did you so it's our one year anniversary and we wouldn't have made it without you so thank you and without further ado today we're taking a trip back way back <laughs> back into time now baby now baby now baby we're going back to Daddy. Nineteen forty-seven. We're going to New Mexico. Arriba! This oh, New Mexico. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is the but it was aliens probe of Roswell. Dun dun dun. It all started in June 1947 at Roswell, New Mexico. Arriba! And on this night, there was a large thunderstorm with shitloads of lightning. Matt Bazell is a sheep rancher. <laughs> He's a jolly rancher. Who the morning after the storm goes out on his ranch to check up on his sheep. When he got out there, he found a bunch of debris on his field and the sheep wouldn't go anywhere near it. It just made me shit my pants. (laughs) My heart is beating. So the sheep wouldn't go anywhere near it. He takes a closer look, but doesn't know what the materials of the debris are. He's never seen them before. As he doesn't have a phone, he decides to gather some of it up and takes it to his friend at a nearby ranch. Loretta Proctor was this friend and she also had no idea what it was. So tells him to take it into town to the sheriff as it may have something to do with the military. Bazell heeds her advice but chooses to wait a few days before he needs to travel into town himself. He meets with George Wilcox, who is the sheriff at the time. The sheriff also had no idea what this material was, so he decides to get in contact with the Air Force. Right. So firstly, obviously, I know quite a lot about Roswell just because it's all in popular culture. So you've got a job on your hands here. Secondly, there was a large thunderstorm. So no one actually saw or heard the crash. No. They just found the debris the next day. I don't know. Maybe I don't know much about it. Because in my head, I was thinking they heard or not. Yeah, they saw the wreckage come down. And it's also intriguing that he waited a few days to present this material. Oh, no. (laughs) Seems I don't have such a job on my hands. (laughs) No, no, you've got more of a job on your hands now. Because this is generally considered to be like one of the most legit alien cases right you've immediately made me skeptical the fact that he's waited a few days if you found if you found debris that you weren't sure what it was you'd pretty swiftly go and get that shit checked out right not necessarily because if town was what 45 minutes an hour away you'd wait until you needed to go there really wouldn't you you're not just if you just think, oh, this is a bit of metal, it might be from some kind of aircraft, I'll just take it down when I go down. But you've got debris you can't identify. I'm going straight there. 40s is a different time, son. Exactly. <laughs> this could be anything. Not even just this alien could stuff. This be could be like anything. important foreign anything materials. This could be like 
post-German Russian tech. He decided to wait. Mm. I'll take it when I need to go there myself. Why waste a trip? Okay. After the call from the sheriff, the Air Force decides to send out someone to investigate. They didn't just send anyone out to have a look. They sent Jesse Marcel. Now, Jesse Marcel ain't your ordinary grunt. He isn't sent out as punishment. He's sent out because this shit is important. He was their intelligence officer. You don't get that title by being a slack-jawed fool. You're a fool, myself. <laughs> He's a grunt. He's not a grunt. He's not a grunt. What's the next stage up from a grunt? Like a mid-level boss? Enforcer? He's a mid-level boss. <laughs> they sent out Marcel, and with him, Sheridan Cabot. They headed to the ranch to see what the fuss was about and to collect some of the debris. As they travelled back, Jesse wanted to stop off at home first. What for? He might have needed a pee. He might have needed a poop. If he needed to stop off for a pee or poop, is that really relevant to this story? Have you really got me on a tangent here because he stopped for a pee? Might have stopped for a poop or a sandwich. Mmm. So they had some of the debris... And then they stopped off for unknown reasons to exchange it. Now, he hasn't just stopped at home in the middle of the day. This motherfucker wakes his whole damn house up at the butt crack of dawn, which in this account is 1 to 2 a.m. That ain't dawn. We've been out way past that. He takes the material home to show his family before he takes it back to the Air Force. While his family are looking at it, his son, Jesse Marcel Jr., picks up a particular piece which is later named the I-beam due to its shape. He looks at it in the light and then he spots something peculiar. Along the beam, he spots what looks like writing. As he takes a closer look, he recalls that they look like hieroglyphs. He alerts his father, who turns to him and says, Son, <laughs> you may be the first person to see writing from another world. Here are a couple of pictures of this I-beam. Okay, I'm about to look at these photos. I sincerely hope that they are legit. But before I do, glyphs. We've seen glyphs on another well-known case, Rendlesham, which you said wasn't aliens and I'm not bitter about. I did. <laughs> but you're not bitter, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> okay, so we have... Is it metal? I think it is. I don't know if it's a metal or some kind of plastic... What we're looking at here is like, um, what are they called? Girders? Like a metal girder typed mm. thing with glyphs in the middle that look like a mixture between hieroglyphics and Japanese. I will just say that second picture is a replica. Okay. Well, that isn't the best of replicas because the glyphs look nothing like the glyphs in the first <laughs> picture on the replica. Exactly the same thing in the replica. Similar girder type beam. Looks more snapped off in the second one than it does in the first, but I appreciate the resolution's probably quite poor in 1947. But the glyphs look nothing like each other. <laughs> it's possible that second one could be of another one of the beams rather than this particular one. So if this is from the same crash, we've got two different languages decorating whatever the items are. Not necessarily. Our numbers and letters don't look alike. But they're so different. <laughs> <laughs> They are so different. I love the fact you had no argument there. You like, <laughs> no, I was just looking at them thinking, like, if you looked at English and, uh, the example I used earlier, Japanese, very, very different types of symbols. Mm -hmm. And in the second one, it, the symbols are indented into the structure and they look like body shapes. Whereas in the first one, it's just very simple lines and a couple of circles and one letter B for... <laughs> <laughs> okay let's roll he gets this material back to base and then the very next day walter hote who was the raaf public information officer was given documents set for press release which stated that the military had in their possession a flying disc Ooh. they sent this information themselves it wasn't leaked Mm -hmm. No one stole the info. Yep. And the media outlets didn't make it up themselves. Yep. They were told this information directly from the Air Force, straight from the horse's mouth. Are we going to theorise as to the possible reasons behind this later? Yes. Okay, cool. I won't ask questions now then. The very next day, they redacted this statement. It's wrong. We don't have shit. 
It was a weather balloon. Not suspicious at all. Along with that statement saying that it was wrong and that it was a weather balloon. A weather balloon? A weather balloon. <laughs> a weather balloon. To prove it, they sent out some pictures. And here we have Jesse Marcel, who has been photographed in an office with the material of a weather balloon. Okay, just before I talk about this photograph, the first photograph we were looking at, how did we get that? The beam one with the Japanese glyphs. You mean, how did we get that? Where was the photo from? Do we know? It was definitely legit. (laughs) Google says it's legit. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. So looking at this photo, this is one that's probably more commonly seen in newspaper articles and whatnot. It's a photo of a military or some military personnel one the one on the left is colored and because it's olden technology it's hard to make out quite what the chap is holding it looks almost tinfoil-esque precisely and you can't really tell whether it's firm or bendy in the black and white picture it also looks tinfoil-esque there's two military personnel fiddling about with the debris but it does look firmer in that one which would be an interesting characteristic for tin foil. But again, these are still photos. They're not moving, so we can't be sure. Why is there a mugshot of the chap in the middle of the two photos? I think it's just so you know which one is Jesse Marcel. So we have a mugshot of Jesse Marcel (laughs) after his DUI arrest. (laughs) No, I think that's a... It's a military military photo. Yeah, Yeah. but they definitely used that when he was arrested (laughs) for DUI. A press conference was held where they showed the media the debris that Jesse was photographed with. This did exactly what they wanted and stopped the story in its tracks. I bet, yeah. Jesse has come out himself and verified that in that picture he is holding the debris of a weather balloon. But he says that's not the material (laughs) he collected from the ranch. Jesse was a fucking intelligence officer. He'd been trained to fly those balloons, which were flown twice a day. You think he's going to be dumb enough and not know what a weather balloon is? Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Towards the end of his years, he stated that he was told to take that picture and to keep quiet and say nothing. And other residents of Roswell who had also seen and held the material, knew that it wasn't the same. Do we have legit witnesses all on record here? Or is it kind of hearsay, like, the whole town saw it? We have some. Okay. It's hard to know where to go at this point in the story. So we've did the military man say whilst he was in the military, Jesse, that it wasn't the wreckage? Or was this after he was released from military service later on while he was released and did he publish any books or go on any conventions etc was there no was there profit to be gained from changing his story no was he whacked not that i know of did the mibs get him i didn't see it in the records okay i mean i'm not trying to shit on the story at this point i'll do that later but for now i'm just trying to ascertain as to whether this gentleman is trustworthy and honorable or not and it's hard to get a sense as to what his motivations may be are you struggling because i haven't said the word trustworthy no not at all is he trustworthy he's trustworthy is he honorable he's my version of trustworthy there is no your version yeah, there is. this is an us thing <laughs> No, there's your way. We do this <laughs> together, <laughs> damn it! Walter had spoken to others within the Air Force and says that he believes to this day that they have a UFO because we still have not seen anything like the materials that were described to him at the time. We have not seen anything like what were described to him, so he didn't see it himself. No. So he just, was, that's just hearsay then, isn't it? Walter was the the media guy that got told to put the story out. Okay. I have nothing to offer on that point at all. <laughs> I got nothing. Kevin D. Randall. The trustworthy. One of the prominent researchers of the Roswell UFO. A man of high intelligence and wit and rugged good looks. I like this man. That's a brilliant description. Well done. 
had interviewed or spoken to up to four dozen people. A people person. Who had seen the debris and the piece that stands out to him most is the foil-like substance which they dubbed memory metal. That's interesting. Memory metal. Like memory foam, but metal. (laughs) I like the sound of this Kevin D. Randall. Rugged Kevin D. Randall. He's got one hell of a moustache as well. (laughs) You can't tell me that if you haven't given me a photo. (laughs) Now I feel... Now I feel cheated. This material could be screwed up into a ball in your hand and when released, it would return to its original shape. No dents, creases, marks or anything. It just went back to the exact same shape it originally was. Do we have anything like that today? It's an, uh, it's like plastics that do it. I can remember. But that's plastic. I've talked about something similar in one of my prayers, but I don't think we've recorded it yet. So I don't want to go into detail on what I'm thinking of. <laughs> but I don't know that we've seen anything quite the same as that. You'd think, though, if I'm jumping way to the end here, but if the military had created a substance like that, like say this was military tech and not alien tech, you'd think that would be in wider use by We'd today. would see more of it. Yeah. This is backed up by Frankie Rowe, who at the time handled the material herself. She says they tried to cut it with a knife, and it wouldn't cut. They tried to burn it, but it wouldn't catch fire. And when they'd had enough, they put it down, and that's when she picked it up and played with it for about five minutes. She explains that when you crumpled it up into your hand, you couldn't feel it there. You had to check your hand because it was so light, and when you dropped it, it would spring back to its original shape. They basically gave this the Valiant Thor treatment. Can you remember that case where they I tested his, his suit? His suit. Uh, yeah. They basically did all these things to it and then they gave up. So who was Frankie Rowe, sorry? We will we're later gonna, find out who we're she gonna, is. But she is someone that was there and handled the... We're going to dive deep on Frankie. We're going to hear from Frankie. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to closely probe Frankie. You can if you wish. I'll let you... This is your probe. I'll watch. <laughs> and listen. Voyeur beard. <laughs> Again, if this substance exists, you'd expect it to be more commonplace. They could just be playing with, like, goo putty, for all we know here. Flubber. The flubber, flubber. The it's flubber, flubber. <laughs> They've found flubber. (laughs) That's what it is. Up until now, we've only heard of the material from the debris. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, Frankie's father was part of a team that had been called to the scene. And she said when he came home, he was so excited. (laughs) And this was so unusual as he wasn't the type of man to get excited about anything, she explains. But he came home excited and said that what he saw was not from this world. Well, it was Flubber, obviously. Although Flubber was created on this world, wasn't it? He goes on to explain there were two bodies laying outside of the craft. The juicy stuff. And one, what he called little person, walking around. The two bodies outside of the craft were laying down and the one walking around looked very sad. He said to her, that there was nothing to worry about. They weren't here to hurt us, and that, unfortunately, they couldn't help them. What? She explained that her dad would not have got excited over a weather balloon, (laughs) and that it's the most thrilled she'd ever seen her father in her entire life, and he thought it was the most fantastic thing in the world. So we've got one live and two likely dead aliens. So I think the... So the rancher who only sees the debris. Mm-hmm. I don't think he sees the rest of it, and it's not until the military go there they find the rest, or they put that little bit out to the media to hide what they found a little bit earlier. How is it that one of these little bastards can survive, but the other two are buggered? Now, if there's been a substantial crash they in the They might not have had their seatbelts on. Safety first, people. Safety first. Wear your seatbelt and you'll survive a galactic crash. You might do. You'll have a better chance of it. (laughs) 
So this dude got thoroughly excited. Thoroughly. He's not one to excite easily. Yeah, just you've got to think if this happened, would they have let him go home having seen this? Surely they'd have been like quarantined for having contact with creatures from another planet for... 1940s, son. Yeah, 1940s. That's absolutely fine. Different time. They might have had different protocols. Not that different. You've got to remember, this is missile time and nuclear bomb time. Hmm. Is all I'm saying. (laughs) Hmm. Eyewitness sources claim that the bodies and the craft had been taken to Hangar 84 and stored overnight before being taken to Fort Worth. So they put out a statement saying that they found a spacecraft. In hindsight, they realised it was a dumb move, so they redact it the very next day so that people don't travel to come and see it, which gives them a bit more time to make sure they have everything. Then they ship it to Fort Worth, so that if anyone came, there'd be no debris, and they show you a fucked up weather balloon. And it's a fort, so you ain't getting in there unless they want you in there. They can defend that craft. That makes sense. Now, I hear you ask why nobody came out and said anything about it. I didn't ask that. I could telepathically hear it. Why did no one come forward, especially those that knew the material was different? Well, this shit was now above the pay grade of those at Roswell. Orders were either coming in from their higher-ups or the FBI. And people were threatened to keep quiet. Is this not above the FBI's heads? Like, you've got to think, we know about the FBI. And yeah, and CIA as well. But this, you'd expect this to be some super, not even publicly known organisation like the MIB. (laughs) So this is actually a video. But also civilian witnesses. The press can't find Jesse Marcel because he's in Fort Worth and he's been silenced. Yeah, when he came back from Carswell, after flying the debris... He did tell me not to talk about this, told my brother not to talk about this. This is not an event. Play like it never happened. Don't even talk about this with your friends, which I didn't. And uh, he, years later, he confided that he was actually part of the cover-up because he uh, went along with the Air Force explanation, even though he knew full well that that was not true. There's corroborative testimony that suggests somebody was putting pressure on people to silence them and what (laughs) what have i been told to stop it there what's where's the end (laughs) and that was the part about jesse marcel jr saying that people have been threatened so why some in the military hadn't come out and said this is different so it's interesting to me that some people are coming home and telling people they've seen aliens yet other people are saying they've been threatened so those that came home and said it Mm mm-hmm was before they put a clamp on. Okay. So we've got some people saying they were threatened backing up the story. So that was so Jesse Marcel was in the military. Yeah. And that was his son speaking, Jesse Marcel Jr. And not only were those in the military threatened, but civilians were threatened also. <laughs> okay, that makes more sense. Remember Frankie from earlier? Fun time Frankie, yeah. Well she was also threatened. Okay. I said, yes, I did handle it. And he started emphasizing, no, you didn't. Well, my mother was pretty strict, and we didn't lie. So I'm insistent that, yes, I saw it, yes, I held it. And he got mad. She held it. And he got louder. (laughs) And it got louder. He had one of those, looks like a small baseball bat that hooks (laughs) up. He took that out. That I'm horny. With my bat. I said, this is a big desert here. He said, no one will ever find your bodies, ever. No one will ever know what happened to you. And now you're talking on camera. Stay around or live as if you promise you'll never talk about this the rest of your life. Well, you broke that promise, didn't you? So I told him I wouldn't. (laughs) I told (laughs) him I wouldn't. (laughs) That was the first thing I said to myself. I was like, 
Well, you're not fucked, aren't you? <laughs> Maybe she's lived enough of her life where she's, you know, fuck it. I don't give a shit anymore. Did she pass away shortly after filming that video? I don't know. God, I want to know that. That's something I really should have looked into <laughs> now, but no, I didn't. But there's quite a lot of people that have spoken about this at this point. Mm-hmm. You'd imagine that if the military really didn't want it out, they'd have whacked them all. But then imagine if just loads of people in Roswell just end up dead. More and more people just go missing. <laughs> There's nothing I mean, it there. just kind just... of... We don't have anything here. There's nothing that happened. And then all of a sudden, like, 20, 30-odd people just die or disappear. <laughs> hmm. It's certainly interesting. It's hard to balance in your head as to whether... Like, the story got out too much and it would be too suspicious, like you say, killing everyone or shutting them up in some way. But then why threaten them all? I mean, at some point you've just got to... I didn't say you've just got to, as if this is something I would do. But you can see from their point, they can't just go out and start killing everyone. So you just threaten them enough and just hope that they're scared and they Mm. don't go further with it. But then equally... And then just start discrediting people. Alternative theory, imagine if this is not alien tech, but it is like military testing tech to spy on, like I say... um, the Soviet Union, Russia, mm. at that point, and they didn't want it getting out as to what it really was. And actually, they kind of liked the idea of people thinking it they had alien tech as well. Maybe. So they could have... So if that info got out to the Russians, it would be a case of, shit, they've got UFOs. Yeah, exactly. And then equally, that's also covering up the tech they actually have to monitor the Soviets at the time. So this works as a really good cover-up if it was military tech, as well as potentially being a cover-up for aliens. I think they're probably, they've got to be the two leading theories because that, that weren't no weather bloom, was it? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. Stanton Friedman. Remember that name? No, it's gone. He was the guy who was also mentioned in Travis's. Oh, uh, no. No, I don't remember. <laughs> He was a huge investigator of the Roswell UFO. He interviewed everyone he possibly could and managed to meet with Jesse Marcel once Marcel was in retirement. This was thanks to a TV station, and once the story had got out, more people that had lived in or worked within the military at the time came forward. Some went on record, and some spoke in confidence. It was this persistence that helped bring the story of Roswell to prominence in the mainstream. So this would have been years later because after silence and everyone had just died down. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, hundreds of people have been interviewed by different people over the years. And with it comes dilution of fact and mixed stories. Yeah. But one thing is, out of the hundreds interviewed... Only a very small handful had seen either the crashed ship, aliens, or the memory metal. So a lot of it becomes hearsay. People retelling other people's stories as their own, or even just making them up. Which then muddies the field and makes the real stories harder to find. But that doesn't mean they aren't out there. Well, yeah, we had the, um, was it a journalist earlier on saying that the other passing on the information secondhand, didn't we? And then people are going to hear that story and pass that on thirdhand. It's muddy, very muddy. Skeptic Robert Todd has claimed that Jesse Marcel had a history of embellishment and claimed to be a pilot and received five medals for shooting down enemy planes, which turned out to be false. And other sceptics also believe that his story about the material is another one of these stories. Well, shit. Did... You said that he claimed that Jesse had a history of embellishment. Yes. Has that been proven? No. So there's no evidence of Jesse making these claims? Nope. So we've got potential embellishment about somebody potentially embellishing upon something that's been embellished. I mean, if you want... (laughs) 
if you want a story or if you want someone to believe your side of the story attack the other person yeah don't tell them your story just tell them about the other person being full of shit yeah hmm lots of back and forth here isn't there five medals for shooting down any planes though were they aliens did he shoot down the one in roswell is that how he knew about it i'm back boys i want to say no (laughs) darn it in 94 to 97 an internal investigation was conducted and two reports came out one in 94 which claims that the debris recovered in 1947 was that of Project Mogul. What's that? That sounds really familiar. This was a secret program which employed high-altitude balloons with microphones attached to them. Their purpose was to pick up sound waves caused by Soviet atomic bomb tests. Ooh, that sounds fairly legitimate. And looking at the debris, that would be more believable than a weather balloon. Because you'd need more sort of rigging equipment to set a mic up, you'd expect. Okay. The cover-up in 47 was apparently to cover up the true nature of the balloon and what it was made for. The material was said to be unusual according to research conducted by the New York Times. So the material which was strange could initially be this material. Mm-hmm. That, that's more believable as an alternative theory. I I guess we didn't see the whole debris regardless, did we? So you'd want to see more to clarify that it was indeed a balloon, but we're never going to get that opportunity. The second report in 97 concludes that the recovered alien bodies were likely a combination of innocently transformed memories of accidents involving military casualties with memories of the recovery of anthropomorphic dummies in military programs such as Operation High Dive, in which high-altitude balloons were sent up with the five-foot dummies. Well, that sounds fun. (laughs) Why would the military send up dummies? (laughs) Unless, I suppose, it could have been a test for the real thing if they were sending up people in balloons, like spies, with... Operating those microphones, perhaps. How high they could get before oh, something would happen. That could tie into the body story. <laughs> have you ever heard that... I hope you haven't included this in this probe. Have you ever heard that conspiracy theory that uh, either America or Russia were sending up, like, dwarfs in test technology, no, like, I blooms, haven't. and that they crashed and people found, like, the slightly mangled bodies of little people and believe them to be aliens no. i can't remember if that was germany russia or america but i'm sure i've touched upon it somewhere at some point in something we haven't recorded yet. possibly but that would match up a lot better with this project mogul so if they were sending up people in balloons with the microphones and equipment to spy from very high altitude and then they did crash you'd expect if the things were crashing from a height, was there fire involved? Did the bodies look unrecognisable? And because they're already smaller people... I mean, mm. if you kind of fell for that height, wouldn't you just be mush? You wouldn't look good, would you? You no. wouldn't be about to go out for dinner with a, a lovely friend. I mean, I suppose it depends if the balloon itself is slowing your descent to some extent well i'm guessing it wouldn't be because that's why it's crashed otherwise it'd be a landing so you'd expect either the balloon to have got a hole in it and crashed or it's gone up in flames but it would still go down slower compared to not that. if the if balloon is gone at all it would just because if it wasn't there at all and you were falling from if the high it was altitude. a gradually deflating hole then yes but that's not what i had in my head i was oh. thinking it completely burst oh no i was thinking you know when you pop a balloon it goes yeah I think it would just be mush at that point. And depending on how high these balloons were going, if you're coming from really high up in the atmosphere, is there going to be an impact from that? And wouldn't you test the bones and the blood? Poke them with a stick, wouldn't you? (laughs) Did you just go (laughs) oink? Boink. (laughs) It's a pig. So let's talk about the two alien bodies for a second. Let's. There's a 17-minute video which was released in 1995 by a guy named Ray Santilli. The footage was sent to him by a retired military cameraman who wanted to rename Anonymous. Actually, I say sent to him, he bought it. 
which I mentioned earlier. Okay. If you haven't heard or seen the video, it's exactly as it sounds. Oh, this is that famous alien video, isn't it? An alien autopsy. Yeah, I know this one. The corpse of a small alien is on a silver table and it's slowly being dissected. So I have a couple of photos for you here, son. Gorgeous. And full disclosure, not recently, but a few years ago, I have watched this. So the first photo is black and white. You've got a person in a hazmat kind of full body white suit with his thumb inside an alien. I'd just like to clarify that it's in the alien's mouth, not anywhere else, you dirty bastards. Um, You've got quite a human looking grey here. So the skin looks pale slightly bloated around the tummy which you'd expect if someone is deceased a bald almost like a baby head but an adult baby <laughs> they got a baby so rather head. than being like a grown-up human adult it's like a baby face <laughs> but somehow <laughs> older so like and again going back to the gray reference it's kind of almost like a gray yet the eyes aren't as big as what perhaps they would be on a gray Moving on to the... Oh, that's grim. The next photo is a photo of the the same creature laying <laughs> on its back, its legs towards the camera. So we are looking right up its crotch. It's like a Ken doll or a Barbie doll. There's no junk by the trunk to speak of. One of the legs just is pure mangled mess with a hole in it and it's all gooey and... That's really weird, actually, because you can kind of see like the flesh around the knee and whatnot. Mm. Then there's a pure black hole, almost like it's a model beyond that, just with space in it. And the arm, too, looks like it's hinged. If something's been ripped out of there. But then how has the flesh not collapsed in on itself? Uh, Oh, yeah, I see what you mean. There's no like structure holding it up. So it looks almost like a paper mache model rather than... Just a massive gash. And the more I look at this... (laughs) didn't even mean it in that way (laughs) right (laughs) the more i look at it the more this looks like a crash test dummy like the wrist looks like it has some action figure movement off the arm you could turn that wrist a full 360 degrees and the arm looks like it could pop back in and out so we've got a crash test dummy with a massive gash (laughs) (laughs) so you may be wondering how ray got hold of this footage well, he was looking for footage of rock and roll in the 50s when the gentleman in question told him, I have something else to show you. Never trust someone who says that to you. <laughs> I've got something else to show you I have. Come round the corner here. Peppermint Nightmare. What he had blew Ray's mind. It's down to my knee. His first impression was that it was so incredible that it could not be real. This didn't stop him buying the footage from the cameraman. (laughs) That's bullshit, I'll take it. This unknown cameraman claims to have had military clearance and in 1947, he was flown urgently to Roswell to film the recovery of several of these beings. You may be wondering how he still had this footage, right? No. Well... (laughs) (laughs) Well, once he'd processed the film, it got flown to Washington. Except for a couple of reels that needed special treatment processing before being complete. Once he'd finished, he contacted those at Washington to collect them, but they didn't. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) This, This footage is by Captain Bullshit. When he got there, there were three beings. Two were on the ground and one on its feet. All three were crying, and as those there moved closer, they cried louder. One of them was clutching a small box close to its chest. An officer pried the box out of its hands by hitting the being in the head with the butt of his gun. That's pretty freaking harsh. Just cracks it on the head. Give me that, you little shit. Give me that box. It's strangely consistent there being three beings in this part linking into the three beings two on the ground earlier Mm -hmm. that's annoying (laughs) (laughs) they've clearly done their research on the story but then the other one 
suggested that two of them were dead. So that's slightly inconsistent. But it depends when he got there. Well, if he's got there to film them being or having autopsies completed. I mean, the w- suggest- <laughs> sorry, God. I was going to say the ones that said they were dead got there slightly later. So these bastards killed them and then filmed an autopsy, then left them there. Only one of them. <laughs> Then there would have to be a fourth. Oh, no, they could have. No, but then they saw the alive one. So we had three seen earlier, three seen now, one taken away to film the autopsy on because the autopsy, the photo looked like it was in like a science lab that clearly wasn't in the middle of a forest or desert or anything. Mm. Therefore, they've got to be a fourth. Why? Because the people who came later, we're saying, found three of them, one standing up, two on the ground. This autopsy would have happened after everything else. So they could, they would have moved all three bodies. So by that account, we're saying that they, the other people got there first and saw them dead. And then these no, people no, no, came no, no, and no. saw them alive. It's not these people, it's this cameraman. Yeah, but he's got there either before or after the other witnesses who have seen yes. the two. On the, so has he got there before or after? Before. So they must have been more than three then because they saw three after. Do you get what I'm saying? No. The people after said they saw two lying on the floor dead and one yeah. sad. So these people have already been here, saw the three, and they've taken one no. to autopsy. No, it. no, 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 no. He was at the scene and would have been there the same time the others turned up. Uh, okay. But they turned up later, so the beings probably would have died. And then he filmed the autopsy he, later. He filmed he went back all of that and then probably two or three days later went to film the autopsy to be brutally honest i don't know why i'm getting so deep into that and trying to make it all line up because i know for a fact that video was bullshit (laughs) but was it it's paper mache cut out leg hole (laughs) i wouldn't be so quick son i would be so very quick (laughs) in the video There's two surgeons who are dressed head to toe in contamination suits. And there's also a cameraman inside the room in which we can assume is the one mentioned before. And a third person outside the room looking on through a window. Peeping Tom. Frankie Rowe, who we heard from earlier, says that her father described the beings to her. His description was that they were small, with a head that seemed too big for their bodies, large black eyes and pink with a kind of grey cast to it. And what she saw in the video, although there was no colour, corroborated those descriptions. And the video came later, it's in the 50s that surfaced, you said, didn't you? Uh, 95. Oh, way later, yeah. Marcel Jr., who we also heard from earlier, says that a nurse he spoke to that was there on the day described something very similar. The large head, the black eyes. However, he says that she mentioned it had four fingers, whereas in the autopsy video, the being has six fingers and six toes. Something you yourself has mentioned before about a more intelligent species having more fingers, which is known as polydactyly. Is that not a dinosaur? It's not a dinosaur. (laughs) It does make sense though, doesn't it? You'd think if humans... I guess you'd get more intelligence as we evolve, but you'd look to evolve enhancements. So we type a lot, therefore developing another finger would be a useful mutation. Yeah. Hmm. Weird detail to remember someone having an extra finger, though. Not like not that you, once you notice it, fair enough, you're probably going to remember that. But I've shook a lot of hands in my time. I buy a lot of coffee. I see a lot of people handing over those cups of coffee i've never looked at a hand and counted how many fingers but it's one of those weird things where if someone did have six it would immediately stand out i think i knew someone once with an extra toe me too and i never noticed and i used to see this person in like sandals and stuff all the time i just never looked until someone pointed out to me then i couldn't stop noticing and i'll apologize for that but <laughs> I never clocked until someone had pointed it out. Okay, maybe you wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe I'm just not really. <laughs> I think my spider sense would tingle. I'd be like, something's off here. 
Six fingers. Uh, I just don't really care. I don't care. I just said, <laughs> notice it. I pay attention to the people I converse with. Yeah, unless that got in the way of kicking a ball, <laughs> then I might care. So this is the part of the podcast where we turn to science and scepticism. To check if the video is real or not, there are many things that have been checked. They've watched the video back and check things in the background. The shape of the tray the surgical equipment is on, the clock in the room, and also the phone on the wall, all of which were consistent with the times. That's that's far, that's really far. I'd start with that gaping hole in the leg and the flesh being held up without anything holding it up. The, fil- the film reel itself is then investigated. The reels themselves have symbols down the side which indicates that they are the reel of that era. Mm-hmm. And the reel used is also consistent. Real. It's real. Alan, I think that's Davia, is an American cinematographer. Is an American cinematographer whose work includes the likes of E.T. and Indiana Jones, The Temple of He believes that the film is a hoax due to how it keeps going in and out of focus as if to hide what may not be real. He also cites another reason and that's because the cameraman keeps failing to get the best shots. As the surgeon saw through the skull, the cameraman keeps moving around them and you can barely see what's happening. That's a very good point. If this person's a professional cameraman, you really wouldn't expect an amateur film. Good point. These points have been argued by Dr. Roderick Ryan. Waddawick. Who was a Navy combat cameraman. Not only was he a Navy combat cameraman, but he shot some of the government's top secret projects during the 40s and 50s, including the atomic tests at Bikini Atoll. He says that the cameras used at the time didn't have through-the-lens focusing, so it's more likely to be fake if it wasn't going in and out of focus. And Ryan also says that the cameraman in the room would also be wearing the same kind of suit as the surgeons, so would be trying to stay out of the way whilst recording. He also makes a very good point that it's the cameraman's job to record and document the event, not to get the prettiest shots. It's not about the prettiest shots. We're talking about shots where you can actually see. (laughs) That's a very different concept. So we've got an, a military photographer and a movie guy. Mm-hmm. A military photographer that would have used the same equipment at the time. Which one do you lean towards? A military <laughs> photographer that would have used the same equipment at the same time. Not the, the Hollywood cameraman who's trying to get the best scene. No. <laughs> and would have had better tech. Does this um, Dr. Waterick... If he would have shot films in the 40s and used the same equipment then I'd probably go with the cinematographer Mm. but in this case I'm going with Dr. Waddwick who has filmed plenty of top secret shit for the government using the same equipment that is being used but then if he was trustworthy should he be coming out and saying that you'd think he'd keep his nose out of it why because he's got to keep low he's why because you've just said that he filmed all sorts of secret shit. Yeah. He doesn't want his name being out there. He might not care anymore. He's a dead man. They're going to whack him. I mean, just because you filmed stuff don't mean you know what's going on. Hmm. Interesting that neither of them have mentioned the gaping hole yet. The gash. The gash. Why aren't they mentioning the gash? Maybe they're just not interested in it. <laughs> Two pathologists were shown the video and asked to investigate it. One, Chris Milroy from the UK and Cyril Wecht, who at the time had performed or supervised nearly 40,000 autopsies. Cyril, there's just something about that name. I don't know what it is. Cyril! Yeah, that's exactly (laughs) what I was thinking. It just encourages that voice. Um, Whenever I hear the name Cyril... I immediately think of Cyril Sneer from the Raccoons. Ah. (laughs) Chris notes that there's no male genitalia. Yep. So they assume that it's likely a female. But as there's no secondary sexual development, which means no breasts, Weck's initial reaction 
was that they were looking at a woman with Turner's syndrome. Turner's syndrome is a female-only genetic disorder that affects one in every 2,000 baby girls. Height and sexual development are the two main things affected. Back in the day, girls with Turner's syndrome very, very rarely lived to their teens. So they thought they maybe they thought that maybe they were looking at someone who had survived and made it to their teens. However, that doesn't explain the large head, large black eyes, and six digits on their hands and feet. Just rewinding a second there, they, I mean, I didn't zoom in on the photos, but I'm pretty sure that was a smooth Barbie Ken doll genitalia. There wasn't female productive organs either. Um, their sexual development is very, very stunted. I think they are near Kendall. Yeah, but you'd still have something there. Well, maybe they didn't. Maybe it was a model. Maybe it wasn't a female. Uh, and that was going to be my second point, that they're talking about male or female. Who's to say, if they're trying to convince us this is an alien, it's going to have... Like gender parts. Mm-hmm. Why does it need a wang? Why can't it just spaff out of its mouth into the woman's mouth? <laughs> what if it just maybe they're gender neutral? What if it just they, pops down an egg? They're like flowers. They're both it's like a penguin. Or they <laughs> lay eggs, <laughs> and they don't breastfeed. These things are xenomorphic. They then watch and comment on the people performing the autopsy, as they'd be able to tell a professional from an actor. They both conclude that those performing the task are either pathologists or surgeons with years of experience. Wecht notes that once a dissection starts, the insides are not concurrent with what you'd see from a human. They both mention that the brain, once removed, is not a human brain. It's too misshapen and discoloured. Even brains that have large tumours wouldn't look like the one they saw. Here is a quote from Wecht. As difficult as it is to say it, as reluctant as I am to say it, that what I have seen here does not appear to be a human being. Because it's a model. (laughs) (laughs) You fuck. (laughs) You're so fixated. (laughs) Oh. I'm not saying the whole story is bullshit. So negative. I'm not saying the whole story is bullshit. I'm not. I'm just saying that that autopsy video, I feel like it's a separate entity to the rest of this confusing case. And I think that video is utter bullshit. Well, nearly negative. (laughs) Shall we move on to the next bit? Come on, then. (laughs) Come on, then. Stan Wet... Stan Weston? Stan! Stan! The bus man! Stan Winston. Come on, then! An American special effects makeup creator whose work includes the Terminator series, the Jurassic Park films, as well as Aliens and the first two Predator films. When he saw the film, he didn't believe it was real until he saw them cutting into the skin. He knew how hard that effect was to replicate and here in front of him, it looked lifelike. He says that if that isn't real, then whoever created it should be extremely proud of their work. And that he would be if he could create it himself. But what really impressed him was the peeling of the skin. The uneven tearing of it once it was being pulled back. The wetness of the blood and how it acted like real blood and not like any of the equipment they would have been using. This effect wouldn't have been able to have been done in the 40s, and if it was done in the 90s, then it would have cost thousands upon thousands of dollars. If this was fake, why would you spend that kind of money to make this 17-minute film when you could be a big shot in Hollywood making thousands with those skills? Yeah, but we've already clarified that the camera is real shaky and shit and you can't see very well when they're doing stuff. So therefore, to then make judgments on what you can't see clearly is not the most professional way to judge something, is it? What do you mean? Well, he's talking about how it looks all convincing and whatnot. Yeah, earlier on we were talking about how... Yeah, but that's that's only a shot of the film you see. I've seen the bit that he's talking about when the skin's being pulled back and the camera shot is... A decent shot of the head whereas 
earlier on, the one that um, Daviel is complaining about, there is a part where it's quite shaky. But mm. then when they cut and peel back the skin of the head and they show that, that's a good picture. You can see good quality. Do they explain how that leg stays up? I've not seen the 17-minute film. <laughs> okay. Until I get an explanation of that, I'm still calling utter bullshit. Because <laughs> that just is not possible. <laughs> if this is real, then this is an event of unprecedented importance. If it's fake, then it should be hailed as one of the most incredible fakes ever. This evidence came out, and for many, this was the proof that many needed and were looking for. For others, they just couldn't comprehend what they were seeing, so they were skeptical. And they were right to be. At some point, Ray Santilli has admitted that this video is a fake, and the person who replicated the alien was John Humphreys, a UK sculptor, and here's a picture of him and his work. Ah, see? Frickin' sculpture. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is that? Uh, we've got a photo of this chap leaning on a sculpture of a head. I, I don't even know how to describe that. <laughs> it's like a caricature, but not quite a full caricature. If you, like half the intensity of a caricature towards a real person. That's kind of where this lies. I think it's the bulging eyes that makes yeah, it. Yeah, it's almost like it's him, isn't it? But like a bulging-eyed version of himself. Without the beard. Yeah, smooth. <laughs> so yes, the alien autopsy video is a fake. But... <laughs> no, Ray don't give me a but. ...has said that he did receive an alien autopsy video. But due to the times, the film started to deteriorate and was nearly unusable by the time he went on to make his film. He states that part of the original film has been spliced into his film, but he won't tell anyone where. No, I don't believe that for a second. Santilli's video had also been shown to a few higher-ups in the CIA and Washington who all admitted to seeing the video before or one nearly identical to it at the Pentagon in 1987. See, now I call bullshit on that part because even if you only had a tiny little bit of that footage, you'd still put that out there rather than like making a whole elaborate video. Surely you'd say this is the legit one and show it side by side with your full recreation. That just makes it purely unbelievable. Unbelievable. Oh. <laughs> Bow, bow, bow. The debris stuff was more, a far more intriguing to me. Like, I really don't know what my thoughts are on that, but the video stuff is utter bullshit to me. So to summarise... <laughs> <laughs> we have the debris found in a field. The material is collected and handled by several people before getting back to the Air Force. Later on, a craft is found with some alien beings. The Air Force put out a statement saying they have a UFO before redacting that statement and claiming it was a weather balloon. They put the squeeze on those in the force and also the civilians. We had two reports that later came out which indicate that it's not aliens. In 1995, we have a video come out depicting an alien autopsy. It has been investigated and plenty believe it's real, whilst others don't believe it. The filmmaker comes out and says that it's a fake, but there are snips of the real footage spliced into it. And we also have high-ups in the CIA claim it's real because it's identical to footage they saw back in 87. Hmm. So, son. Roswell. I thought there was more to this one than there is, to be honest. Like, I thought they took the wreckage to, like... No, I thought it was taken to that site at Area 51. No, I forget, Site 4 or something it's called. And like, there was rooms testing of and trying to reverse engineer the stuff. 
I thought the military came in and swept the desert where the debris was more thoroughly. I thought there'd been witnesses that had seen like something in the sky and a crash and that's why they went out to the desert and saw the it. stuff about so, yeah, um, there must the be reverse a lot. engineering, I didn't pop in, but I have. Okay. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, we'll probably end up doing quite a lengthy one on Area 51 at some point and it's also on Bob Lazar. It's only because it's mentioned in Area 51. I was going to say, yeah, maybe we'll do that for like episode 200 or something because that's going to be a real big one. But It's a really tough one because, like I said, if you're going to push me to say whether it's real or not, I can't say that it is because that video is such bullshit to me. But I generally am on the fence with regards to the debris, I can see reason in both explanations, and it's very hard to know where to come down on. Is this where you want me to come down? <laughs> Bring your ass down, son. Uh, shit. Do you remember? Would you, I was about to say. Go on. For the first time ever, would you like me to do mine first, so you can have a bit of time? I don't. I was just gonna say. Well, I ain't, bitch. You're coming first. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, this reminds me of the one where, was it Aurora with when I combined Oumuamua into it? It's quite possible, Had yes. they have been separated out, I think we may have gone for a yes, but because they were together, we didn't. And I feel like that's where I'm coming down on this one, though I am completely on the fence about whether Roswell was or was not. If you're making me consider the video as part of it, then I have to say that it wasn't. I'm not. <laughs> you want that yes <laughs> no it's simply because he's come out and said it's fake yeah so whether you believe that he put splices of the original in that's totally up to you but that he's come out and said it's fake yeah so if you believe him on the video or not that's up to you but roswell as a whole or roswell as in so i something. think that most everything in this account is bullshit I don't believe a lot of the witness statements and whatnot. I don't believe that they all saw alien figures on the ground. Yet, I do believe that there is a crash and it's as to whether that was alien technology or military tech, secretive technology linking into the spy stuff we spoke about earlier for me. I believe it's one of the two and I'd actually be comfortable going either way. But you said no to Rendlesham. <laughs> <laughs> There's no need to be spiteful here. <laughs> right, I'm not saying that it was aliens. What about you? But <laughs> I am going to go out on a limb here and say that it's 49.51%. <laughs> so I'm not saying it was aliens, but it's very close. Because it's aliens? <laughs> 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 Splitting your nut hairs for that answer, <laughs> weren't you? <laughs> I could generally go either way and be content with myself, to be honest. Like I said, I don't believe, and I want to be very clear, I do not believe most of this account. I really don't. But I do believe that debris fell and that it was either something secretive that we haven't been told about or it was indeed alien tech. That's what I really think. So I'm happy for today to say that it was just about aliens. I don't think personally that the autopsy video is real. <laughs> that is fake as shit. I feel that they created something as close to as authentic as possible. And it was simply a way for Ray to get rich. But Roswell itself, the crash, the cover up. Did something land and get taken away? Yes, motherfuckers! <laughs> this is aliens! <laughs> this is aliens. This is aliens. 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 Roswell is such a renowned case, isn't it? And I feel like there should be more there, yet this is probably the weakest yes we've ever given. <laughs> we have a double. But it's Roswell. Yes. <laughs> so there you have it. It's a yes from both of us no matter how weak it is <laughs> it's still a yes i'll take it we are but it was aliens you can find us on instagram at but it was aliens podcast you can find us on facebook at but it was aliens and our facebook group is extraterrestrial towers and we're also on that 
Twitter. At But It Was Aliens. Before we go, we'd like to thank you all for getting us this far. And if you didn't like it, we wouldn't still be doing it. So thank you all for getting us up. Every Thursday. Especially Granville. Oh, you want to thank me especially? <laughs> I mean, Hold on. <laughs> you want to thank me for getting you up? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I do. Had you not have been here today, I'd have been in bed. <laughs> so thank you. Here's a special shout out to s- and some special love for some Ooh, special people. Love. Big Nick Fantastic. Big Nick with the giant Stephanie. <laughs> Stephanie. Stephanie, who's never had a vasectomy. Because she doesn't have a... Continue. Asha. Has never had a Russia. <laughs> the fuck are you going with these? Sugar. Honey, honey. I thought I'd stop rhyming because otherwise that's going to get really terrible, isn't it? Yeah, it is. For Pan, you can. We might be crazy, but we're not stupid. <laughs> Ray from The Geek and the Beast. Oh, I love Ray. Hi, Ray. Hi, Ray. Shauna and Abby from AA The Pod. Hey, guys. Hi. Grim from Grim Yells at a Cloud. You dirty bastard. Jake from Surprise Scenarios. What up, Jake? I've seen your snake. Lin B. <laughs> Lin B, you mean the world to me. You see? Paul J. Definitely has been led astray. <laughs> well, you weren't rhyming anymore. <laughs> I'm not. Dave D. Dave D. Lost his virginity in a tree with me. <laughs> and he's also looking to get sucked off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the caravan you got caravan love, club got a love caravan club you gotta do sliding on your socks son Johnny and Kenny who are they? <laughs> <laughs> what? Hayley C Hayley C you're like a mama to me and a sister as well and a wife and a child your family and Franco Walker uh, never trust a walker, son. Is he a moonwalker? I trust you, Franco. I trust you. He doesn't. He's untrustworthy. You can't trust him when he trusts you. I trust you, Kev. <laughs> you definitely don't. If we haven't mentioned you, that doesn't mean that we don't love you. Remember, the truth is up there. Right up there. Hash. Tag. Pro. Check it.